there in self-achievement land. My name is Dominic, and I am here with Amy Boswinkle. Oops, got to get it right. And she's <laughs> our next person behind the passion. How are you, Amy? Oh, my goodness, Dominic. I am doing so well today, and I am so excited to be here and share this experience with you and all of these wonderful people today. Wow, you look amazing. <laughs> Thank you. On. I even put on a tie. I mean, I used to be, and I haven't worn a tie for a long time. And then a couple of weeks ago, my daughter's like, Dad, you have amazing ties. You should wear a tie on your show. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt the same way this morning. I was like, hmm, what, what, um, how do I want to come on the show today? Like, what? how do I want to represent? And this is what felt right. So uh, your tie and my necklace must have had a conversation. We're all dressed up and no place to go. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for accepting the nomination for Person Behind the Passion. And I so appreciate it because if it wasn't for you, I couldn't be here right now. So thank you. Absolutely. It's an honor and a privilege. Yeah. So there, you're there in Northwest Indiana, my old stomping grounds. <laughs> yes. I live in Northwest Indiana. <laughs> yeah, over there in, uh, in the, in the, uh, you know, I've always kind of been a little bit jealous about Griffith because it's so quiet there. It's kind of mm -hmm. like the little unknown town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it is. It's in between some noisier towns. You know, the way that the way that you described it, I had to take I had to like allow that energy in for a second. But you're right. It is uh, kind of a nice, quiet little space, not all that far from the expressway and a hop, skip and a jump from um, the big city of Chicago. So, you know, you get the little small town life, um, suburban feel and the city's not all that far away either. Mm hmm. Exactly. I mean, and then, you're, you know, you're close to the beach over there, the, all the, the dunes and the uh, Lake Street was my favorite, actually. Uh, have you been out to Lake Street before? Mm -hmm. Lake Street. Um, I like West Beach also because I like how nature-esque it is there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can hike in the like wooded areas, but it's connected to the dunes as well. So, um, but yeah, I Lake Street, uh, um, West Beach, you know, the the main Indiana dunes, uh, right. the, the, lots of different places to go and hang out. <laughs> you know, it's amazing, too, because, you know, when I have shared pictures, you know, on, on social media, people are like, you live next to the ocean? And I'm just like, well, not really, but it looks like it, though, doesn't it? It it does because Lake Michigan is just so large, and if you didn't know any better, it it you, it would remind you of the ocean because it's just yeah. such a large body of water. Exactly, and the 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 lake is shaped like a big you know, I don't know, like a kidney or something, but whatever. <laughs> it's like a shape, and then we're you know down way down at the very bottom. So when you look out, it's like looking the long the long way. So it looks gigantic. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not only um, long, but wide also. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have Chicago on one side and then Michigan on the other side and Indiana mm -hmm. down here. So, well, we're okay. just neighbors. We're old friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> wow. So your passion is about helping people create 
wealth consciousness. And I know that you've got this amazing story, this journey that you have been on. And, you know, th this is why we're here, guys, to hear uh, people tell their story about their journey and where they're at and what their passion is really about. So the Self-Achievement Network, very simply, it's an opportunity for people to to discover their passion or to share their passion or to evolve their passion. So when I created this whole thing, my vision was that, you know, I could take what I have learned and what I've used in my life to transform my life and then give people that opportunity to discover their passion. Because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know what their passion is. And I always think so. it's not a sad thing. I think it's a great thing because when we can give people that opportunity to discover what, you know, what they're really meant here to do, then it's like their life can take off, you know, paying it forward. And so I created the show called Person Behind the Passion. So people like Amy can tell her story and talk about what she's doing and what her next steps are. And maybe we'll find, you know, I put that, that thing out on uh, on the thread today. Like, if does anybody have any questions? I didn't even look. Did you look? Did anybody write any questions? Uh, the last I checked, now it's it's been a little bit. Uh, I I didn't see any, but of course, you if you guys have them while you're watching the show, I always come back around and and check, and I'll make sure that I answer them for you. Cool, that's cool. And so yeah, so then uh, the the I don't have my graphic behind me; it's over on my other wall. But the Self Achievement Network is is a main group, and then there are several genre specific groups for for people to to evolve their passion. So it could be parenting, it could be health, it could be um, business, it could be, my, my program is called, my, my group is called Life Plan. So what I used to do is I used to go around the, the country and parts of the world um, teaching courses on how to transform their life until I had a back injury. Isn't that just great? <laughs> <laughs> Which was a great challenge. So, but anyway, so, so you're there in Northwest Indiana. You're tell us, tell us, just give us a, like an overall picture of who are you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I again, I'm Amy Boswinkle, I am an intuitive and uh, visionary business coach, and I absolutely love helping people who have had um, what once felt like a or maybe still does feel like a, a very profound experience in their life and they've been able to transform it. They can see the power through their pain and stand up and start to share that with other people and build businesses around that so that they can go out into the world and help other people too. Very, very much like you and, and your passion. And um, friends, if you guys have never heard Dominic's story, I heard it just a little bit ago. It's absolutely amazing. I hope that I, I hope that my story is just as good, but, um, I wasn't always this person, you know, Dominic shared with us, you know, we all have a story, we all have a beginning, we all have a, how did you arrive here, Amy, teaching other people about wealth consciousness? Because just four years ago, I absolutely had no idea what a wealth consciousness was because all I could see was shame and guilt and fear and not good enough and self-hatred and i i really didn't see my life going in any direction and it's not that my life was horrible it was good enough and i accepted it as that 
Um, and I started off life um, just kind of feeling really disconnected from other people. The first traumatic experience I had in my life was when I was born. And I don't remember this piece because I was a brand new baby in the world. But when the doctor delivered me, they told my parents to prepare for my death, to literally go uh, to the funeral home and start to prepare because I wasn't going to make it. I was born with a rare strep infection, but they didn't know that at the time. When my mom was delivering me, they told her to stop pushing and I swallowed amniotic fluid and I just, I wasn't born being able to thrive. So for 10 days, I lived in an incubator, not sure if I was held or, or anything of that nature. All I know is that I made it. Obviously, I'm still here. Um, took two different rounds of antibiotics. I went home and had a very hard time bonding with anybody. I had a very hard time bonding with my mother. And uh, looking back on it now, my mom passed away in 2008. Um, she was a prescription opiate addict, and that is part of my story, and uh, accidentally overdosed. And I do believe, looking back on it now, that it really killed her that I couldn't bond to her. I couldn't bond to anybody, to be honest. I was afraid of people my entire life. Uh, at age three was the first time I remember being sexually abused by a family member. Uh, and I got told to never tell or they wouldn't or nobody would love me. Mm. And that abuse occurred for many years of my life. And, and that always got told me, don't tell or nobody will love you. Nobody will love you, Amy. So make sure you never tell. And so I developed that belief system that if I spoke to other people that they wouldn't love me, it got ingrained inside of me and I carried that on as a belief. So much so that when I was able to go to school and teachers would talk to me, um, I would just stand there mute, incredibly afraid, not being able to answer their question. And so it was believed that I was a special needs student in first grade. That's what my teacher thought. And so she sent me down to the special needs classroom and uh, grateful for that. I wasn't grateful at that moment in time, but looking back on my life now, grateful for that because I realized that's the first time that I really understood that I love helping people because in that classroom, it was very small. There were more teachers, it was quiet. And I began to thrive because I saw that some of the other students in there weren't able to do some of the things I could like tie their shoes or put their coat on or um, read or get their lunches out. And I was able to do those things and it made me feel good. It made me feel like I had a purpose. And I do believe it allowed me to open up and those teachers quickly realized I didn't belong there. I could read, I could write, I could do all the things children needed to do. I just really wasn't emotionally or mentally ready for school. And honestly, because of the experiences that I had went through before school even started, I don't know if I ever honestly would have been mentally and emotionally ready for school. Mm -hmm. So I got sent back to the regular classroom and um, just kind of put in the lower level classes. Um, and that created a story, a new belief in me that I was stupid, 
and that I was fat and I was ugly. And I wasn't told those things. It's not like I was told I was stupid or I was fat or I was ugly. I just created that belief system inside of myself. And I felt very separate from the other kids in my class. And I didn't feel like I could connect and I didn't feel like people understood me. And, um, you know, I had this wild, I had this wild hair. I had like this red, crazy, frizzy hair that my mom couldn't tame. And, 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 uh, I just was made fun of for it, you know, and, 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 and it just, it just hurt. And although I did have friends, I just didn't feel connected to them. I didn't feel like I belonged. There were a lot of things that occurred when I was young too, that I didn't really understand were abnormal and really what is normal. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, my mom, um, for whatever reason, I'm sure it was something incredibly viable at the time, um, was prescribed uh, prescription opiates, Vicodin, for many years of her life and became addicted to that. And so I knew my mom most of the time as someone who would sleep all day and be awake all night. And I would know that our household to have very little food for periods of time I would know our home to have way too much food for really brief moments of time. Um, I also can remember watching my mom get the bills out of the mailbox and hiding them in drawers and hiding them under the bed and looking at me and, and saying, don't tell. So I'm getting told again, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell. And, um, you know, the uh, electrics being turned off, the water's being turned off. My parents are arguing all the time about money and just feeling so scared. And like I was a burden, like I, and even though they never blamed me, I, I created this belief system based upon all the experiences that I was the problem. Wow. Just real quick, what, what were your age at this point? Um, I, I can remember feeling this way, you know, five, six, seven years old, but carrying that with me all the way until I was 17 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. And luckily, uh, you know, when I was three and that sexual abuse was occurring, my little brother was one years old. Now, was it three? Was it four? Was it five? I was very young, but I took it upon myself to make sure my younger brother was protected. Um, so he gave me a sense of purpose. And I really do believe that my my younger brother was one of the main reasons I made it through in in my younger years and my teenage years and 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 into my young adult life because I made sure I felt like, right, like I made sure he had food and he his schoolwork was done and he was clean and, you know, had had all the things. So it provided me a sense of purpose to be able to take care of somebody else. Um, My dad worked a lot, had a decent job when my mom was able to work. She had a decent job. So we should have had money, yet we didn't. And so. I just created this story and this belief system inside of me that money was unsafe to have and money was never around and there was never enough money and that and that there was anxiety attached to money all of the time. Mm-hmm. When I uh, 
made it to the end of high school, I still carried this belief system. I was stupid. I was fat. I was ugly. But I can remember the other kids in the class talking about a this thing called a class rank. <laughs> a class rank. What is your class rank? What is your class rank? And I'm like, what's a class rank? You know, like I don't know what this is. And it's like based upon your studies, you know, where you rank as far as you know your learning abilities in in the system. And I was like, well, how do you find this out? And they're like, well, you go to the guidance counselor and they'll tell you. And, and I'm scared to death, but for whatever reason, I want to know this. And I'm scared to talk to people. I cannot look people in the eye very often, especially if it's people I don't talk to. So I gather courage inside of me and I walk down to the guidance counselor's office and I have anxiety and I'm sweating and I, you know, and I, and I ask and you know, come to find out I was 13th in my class of 186 or 187. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Uh, thank you, thank you. Just, were thank you surprised? You. Honestly, I was so numb. I still thought I was stupid, even though that's the number I got. Mm -hmm. And there was also a part of me that was like, well, maybe if I had known, Maybe I would have tried a little harder because, you know, I'm I'm going through school and there's like this thing called like top 10 and they get special things right. on their on their uh, on their gowns and a special like tassel. And so there's a part of me that's like, well, if I had just known, maybe I could have tried a little bit harder. But there's also this bigger part of me that was like not really comprehending or connecting what this really meant. Mm -hmm. And, and so I wanted to go to college and my parents were supportive of that, although they couldn't afford to send me to go. And so I applied to several colleges. I got accepted at all of them. And I knew I wanted to go away to college, um, but my parents weren't able to help me with that. And right. so, you know, I'm looking into things and I find student loans and I decide I'm going to get a job. And, you know, like I said, my parents were supportive of this and I knew I wanted to go away far enough to where they couldn't really tell me what to do anymore because I also had this sense of they had a lot of rules and I felt like I had to follow them. And there was a lot of anxiety connected to those rules. And I felt really, really bad if I disrespected or didn't follow the rules. So I, I, I created a perfectionist mentality inside of me, always, you know, living by other people's expectations and not really forming a full sense of self. So I go away to college, I become a full-time student, become a, a full-time employee, I become a full-time partier because in, co in college, it's the first time I experienced what felt like freedom to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't, there's no rules. I don't have to go to bed at a certain time. I also connect with people that I feel connected to. I connect with people who are creative, people who are visionaries, who, who see change in the future, who see politics in a different way than I had ever seen it before, who know how to write poetry, who are musicians and artists and see life through a completely different lens. And I feel very connected to this. I, my heart begins to open up, but also that what came along with that is this 
scene of partying and experimenting with drugs and alcohol. And the first time I drink alcohol, I'm, I, I'm drunk after one sip, literally, like it literally changes the chemical makeup in my body, but I love it. Like I, it, it, it allows me to experience freedom in a completely different way. And I'm hooked automatically. Mm. I'm hooked. I just want to feel this way all the time because for the first time in my life, I don't feel confined to my mind. I don't feel confined to my emotions and my insecurities and, and all of these things. And so I go wild and, and I'm, I just, I drink all the time and I carry with it this badge of honor because for a long time I was able to, you know, drink for uh, many hours during the night, wake up, have my homework completed, still be able to go to school, still be able to go to work, pay my bills and functionable. So I wear this badge of honor. I'm functioning alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I, and um, life went on that way. And my friends get concerned for me and they have interventions. And, you know, I become a completely different person when I'm under intoxication. I am mean. I am unkind. I uh, am unkind to myself. I do things that I don't normally do, but I don't see this. All I know is I feel free. I feel like I can dress any way I want. I can put my hair any way. I don't feel like shy. Amy, who can't look people in the eye, who hates herself. Mm -hmm. I feel like free. Yeah. And so even though they're concerned, I continue to do this anyway. I end up graduating from college. My bachelor's degree is in psychology. My minor is in English. I'm a very incredibly proficient writer. I absolutely love to write. But while I was in college, when I was 20 years old, um, I was living in a house with some roommates and my bedroom catches on fire while I'm sleeping Ooh. and I wake up and the entire room is on fire and I'm looking around and I'm trying to figure out how to get out. And I and I, the only way out is to go through the door, which already has some flames around it. And Ooh. so I, I jump through and I escape with my life. There's, I lose everything else in the process. Oh my God. <laughs> I just had a back injury. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, Ooh. and I lose, and it's not the stuff it, it like, yeah, there's minor attachments to the clothes and the furniture, but really what got me through when I was very young were journals. I would, I would write, I'd always been a writer and I would write in those journals. And, and when I was very young, I was very connected to what I called God. I say higher power now. And, you know, I would have conversations with God. And I can remember when I was seven years old, I had all of these um, visions of life, of what was going to happen when I was in my forties and, and how life was going to be. And it was, very scary when I was seven years old. I couldn't comprehend that the world was going to be in this place where I was going to be, I would always see mountains and I was leading people up a mountain and they were following me and I was scared, but these people trusted me and I'm, I'm walking and I see devastation and I see health issues and I see 
all these things that the time period that we're going through, and I get these visions over and over and over, and I and I start writing just based off of my experience. And and my best friend until I'm about 13 years old is God. I pray and I talk to God and Jesus all the time. And um, that's another thing that got me through is, you know, that connection. So fast forward to the fire, right? I lose everything I own. And I believe that, that God is telling me I'm supposed to live like a monk. And it wasn't the stuff that I lost. It was the journals mm. and the pic and the pictures like of my brother and I, my brother, I was, I loved my brother, very close to my brother. Um, and, and pictures of my family, like those are the things I'm grieving um, of not having. And I vow then and there, except for, right? Cause there's exceptions to this monk thing for me, <laughs> right? Like I'm still allowed to drink. I can have a car so I can go to the bar um, and I can write papers if they're due for school, but I, but I swear I'm never gonna write again. I swear I'm never gonna write. Now there are little periods where I did write from my heart for certain people as I met them. I, I would write like journals and if I really felt connected to them, I would write an entire journal and it would be dedicated right to that person. But I, as I give that to these people, these very select few people, I tell them once you're done, you must burn them. There can be no evidence of my life on this planet. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I know. And so I live very, very right. Like, so I, I learned to live without TV and connections and, and, and things. And do I have things? I have things, you know, like, but I, I lit comparatively a very minimalist life. And from the ages of 20 to 40, there are very few pictures of me. I wouldn't allow people to take pictures of me. Um, I wrote very, very little, and I just lived inside this cocoon and the shell of shame and guilt. And uh, I, when I graduate from college, I become incredibly suicidal. I'm, I'm, I'm committing suicide very often. Yeah. I, I can't handle, I become incredibly depressed. Um, I'm living with a roommate at this time and she's very concerned for me. She calls my parents, asks them to come and pick me up because she can't, she doesn't want to deal with my suicidal and depressed tendencies because I'm not getting any better. And I, under, I understand all of that. So I moved back to Northwest Indiana. I'm living with my parents and here I get DUI after DUI after DUI, I have three DUIs, and I begin to hang out with gang members, and I begin to get connected to IV heroin, and I become an IV heroin addict, and um, I travel to the projects of Chicago with gang members every night in places where my skin color is not welcome, and I'm camouflaging and putting things over me and hiding in the car and, you know, doing all these things just that just aren't normal for me. And I'm suicidal. I'm committing suicide. I'm, I'm trying to commit suicide. I'm almost leaving the planet. I'm not leaving the planet. I'm very sad. I'm very lost. Um, you know, although uh, upper drugs like cocaine and crack really weren't my drug of choice, I also wasn't picky. And when I wasn't, I couldn't find the drugs that were my choice, I would, you know, if that's what was around, I would do those things. And I just was stuck in this vicious cycle of pain and, and self-hatred. And I 
try multiple times to get well. I go to inpatient detox. I go to outpatient detox. I go to therapy. I'm diagnosed as bipolar, not bipolar, borderline personality disorder. I'm diagnosed with uh, as psychotic. I'm diagnosed as severely depressed. I'm diagnosed with severe um, depression issues. I'm given, I'm prescribed medication. I see a therapist. I go to AA. I do 90 meetings in 90 days. I get a sponsor. I work the steps. I stick with the women and stay away from the men. I do all the things that people say should help. And I still have the stigma. I can't connect to people. I can't connect. I can't connect. I, I, I'm trying at the, at the same time, this connection piece isn't there for me. I just, I'm not getting it. And I, and I can't stay sober and I get my third DUI and uh, that carried, that carried what would to me was a very stiff penalty of uh, looking at a year in jail and I'm driving my car and I'm intoxicated and I'm not proud of this at all. There are many choices that I made that I look back on and I think, oh my gosh, but it's what I did. It's part of my story. And it's part of what, what makes me who I am today, you know, and I, and I share very vulnerably all parts of me all of the time, because I know it heals people to, you know, that are still struck mm -hmm. stuck and struggling. Right. Um, I'm, I'm driving my car. I crash into a telephone pole. I pass out. I don't realize I pass out. I crash into a telephone pole. There's all these people standing around me. There's a crowd of people. I get out of the car. I'm trying to run through these group of people because I, I, I hear the police coming and I know that I'm going to go to jail and I don't want to go to jail and I'm scared. And they're like, hey, you got to stop. The police are coming. Are you OK? And I'm bleeding because the airbags have gone off and and I'm scared. And I run back into the car and I lock the doors and all the people are not. Are you OK? Are you OK? Or what's going on? Like the people are coming. They're going to help you. A policeman comes. I get handcuffed. I get put in the back of the police car and I'm sitting back there and I have these weird quirks to me. I'm like intense. Like I'm this and like I, I have this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of personality. I'm very fiery yet at the same time I'm very quiet and reserved and you never know which version of me you're gonna get and I uh you know I was always really into exercise and you know making sure I I worked my body out so you know I've, I've done yoga not consistently but enough and you know I've worked out and I'm mm -hmm. in the back of the police car with the handcuffs behind me and I'm flexible enough from all the yoga I've done over the years to shimmy the handcuffs under my feet and pull them, you know, in front of me. And it's, it's summer, I believe it's July, maybe August. And he has the window down in the back of the police cruiser about three quarters of the way. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to jail. I'm just going to kill myself. I'm going to put myself up on the windowsill and I'm going to roll out of the car and crack my head open. And I'm just, I'm just going to die right here. And so that's what I do. I get myself up on the window and I roll myself backwards out of the car and I don't crack my head open. And the policeman stops and he gets out and he's scared and angry and all kinds of emotions. And he gets me back in his car, calls an ambulance. I'm in the psych ward again, um, you know, just to kind of get my balance back. I, I come out. So at this point, I've crashed my car. 
I've lost my job because I couldn't go to work. I had to call my boss and tell her what had happened. She fires me, rightfully so. I have, my family has turned their back on me, rightfully so. I have no friends. I'm looking at going to jail. And I, I like, I'm, I'm at the lowest place in my life. And my parents have the kindness of their heart or like, you can come back here under the condition you have, you have to have a job. But I have no car and they're not willing to take me anywhere. I've lost my license again, mm -hmm. possibly for the rest of my life. Three blocks away from their house is a health food store. I go apply there. I get the job. Save my life. I studied the human body nonstop, biology, chemistry, physiology, anatomy. I study nutrition. I study energy work, energy healing, medical intuition, alternative health, Reiki, all, I study all of these things and I'm starting to put all the pieces back together. Um, I understand that, right? Like when I'm drinking uh, alcohol, it turns to sugar in my body and sugar and carbs feed a type of yeast in the body called candida. And the candida is addicted to the alcohol because it loves to eat sugar and carbs and my body's addicted to it, but there's this living organism inside of all people and it's hungry and it wants to eat too. So it just kind of complicates the addiction. And I understand that as the candida grows, it creates inflammation in the body and this inflammation creates digestive distress and that digestive distress creates adrenal fatigue. And I, and I understand completely how my body works and what I need to do. And I completely transform my health. I, I changed the way I eat. I start drinking more water. Um, you know, at one point in time, I had a doctor look at me. I had damaged my liver so badly. She looked at me and she said, Amy, you're going to die. Your liver is so damaged. You are going to die. And, and I remember thinking, I'm already dead inside. What does it matter? <laughs> wow. And, and and then there's this other thought, right? Like, no, you know what? I'm going to find the way. There's this little voice, always this little voice. You're going to find the way. 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 And I start to transform that health piece. And as I transform that health piece, I start to feel better. But there's still this missing link because periodically, I, I, once I stopped doing heroin, I, I, ne I never went to heroin again, but I couldn't quite understand this piece with alcohol and my emotions, because when I would get too worked up over something for really short bursts of time, I would go to alcohol to numb out so I didn't have to deal with the reality of my life, right? And so I didn't really get this a mental, emotional, and spiritual piece until later. I worked at that health food store for 12 and a half years. I was honored and privileged. The owner was gracious and kind and made sure we were very educated. I decided to go to school and become a naturopathic doctor. Unfortunately, um, the school I went to went bankrupt before I got that degree, but I got to go to China and Tibet and study traditional Chinese medicine and tra just traditional Tibetan medicine short term, right? And, I, and I'm helping people and I'm under, like when you go in a health food store, there's like thousands of supplements for thousands of different ailments. And, and in those 12 and a half years, I learned about people and how their body works and how their mind works and, and, and where they're struggling. And I learn about thousands of ailments and thousands of, of things that are helpful and of course 
having a doctor <laughs> and and making sure you you are a pri you know like your doctor's on board with your program right but i'm i'm educating people in, in aspects that i had i had no idea about making mm -hmm. these connections and and uh it, it's one of the most beautiful experiences in my life but i have these bouts where i go into depression and i drink for short periods of time and i feel so much guilt around it i, I just feel so much guilt and the towards the end of my career at that uh, health food store the age of the internet dawns and people can see that they can buy things online and it can get delivered to their house and they don't have to go out and sometimes prices are cheaper and you know mm -hmm. and so people are coming a little bit less into the health food store and buying a little bit more online so revenue starts to decrease some and i start to hear well, if revenue keeps decreasing, some people might have to lose hours or some people might, might not be able to keep their job. And in my head, I'm like, I make just enough money to pay my bills. Right. And, and I, and I'm, I'm, I, I'm getting to this point where I'm outgrowing the job. There's nowhere left to go. And my, I just, I've always had this mind of like being able to grasp information very quickly and, and being able to take it and process it and execute it. And, I just love to learn and it's like I can't feed that part of me and fast enough sometimes and you know I I uh get told by society right you have three DUIs this is going to be as good as it gets people with a a a a criminal background don't get good jobs even though you have a college degree they're not going to pick you, right? These are the thoughts going through my head. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get chosen. You're going to never, this is, this is what you get. It's good. And it's, this is good enough. I mean, the people there were amazing. I loved it, but I'm starting to feel sad inside because there's nowhere left for me to, to grow right. my soul, my, my emotions and, uh, my, my mental capacity. And, uh, I get scared because I'm like, I make just enough money to pay my bills. I make just enough mm -hmm. and I, I can't not have a job. I can't lose hours. And I was not willing to invest more money into four or six years of school because I had already tried to go to become a naturopathic doctor and that didn't really work out. And I'm connecting and I'm like, well, I'm willing to go to some, like, I'm willing to find a certificate program or something that's like maybe two years maybe two years you know and and i i don't do the internet i don't do e i'm 40 years old i don't do the internet i don't surf the net i don't do emails i'm not on facebook i don't know anything about social media i don't have a tv like i don't like i don't do those things and i have to look online i have to start doing things that are way out of my comfort zone and i find this thing called a health coach get your certificate in as little as six to 12 months. And I'm like a health coach. What's a health coach. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited. I'm like, I know a lot about health. I know a lot about supplements, like six to 12 months. That's right in my time frame. Like I, I want to do this. And I go to the school called health coach Institute and it put all the pieces together, the mental, emotional, spiritual pieces, and they started to help me self-actualize, even though I didn't really realize that's what they were helping me to do. They were asking questions in a certain way that my mind 
started to see things differently. And the next thing I know, like I'm vibrationally vomiting shame and guilt. And I start writing again out of the blue 20 years. No, like, unless I had to no, and I'm, and I'm writing and I can't stop writing. I can't, and I'm not told to do this. I just start automatically doing it. I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing people letters. I'm apologizing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all of this shame and all of this guilt out of me. And I'm writing 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 letters and I'm sending them. I'm talking to people and I'm, I'm letting them know how grateful I was. They were in my life because without them, I wouldn't be where I am. And even though I couldn't see it at the time, like I see why they were put in my life at certain moments. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having all these epiphanies and I, I go to bed one night, one person, and I wake up the next day, a completely different person, but nobody else is having an experience like mine where they're stuck is like, how am I going to help people with their health? I don't feel like I have enough information there. And for me, the experience was completely different. It opened me up in this completely different way. And I remember I got told, I got told by one of the teachers, you know, and, and this changed my life. I'll never forget it. Your story is your most powerful tool. And, and I'm crying. I'm like, my story? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> like my story that I didn't tell anyone at that health food store about because I was so ashamed. There were three people. I worked with 30 people. There were three different stores. Probably only three people knew my story and only bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I'm like, okay, you know, and, and at this point, I, even though I'm in sales and I know how to talk to people, my voice sounds like I'm a, a boy in puberty all those years. It, it wanes in and out. I can barely talk to people. I still can't look people in the eye. I have a very soft voice. I'm right. Even though people trusted me and they knew me and they liked me and they would come in specifically looking for Dr. Amy after a certain period of time, once they knew how extensive my knowledge was and I could share information with them, I'm still have a hard time looking and soft voice and it cracks and it. So I, I, I burst through fears. I do a talk and I, my voice shakes and I'm mm -hmm. looking at the audience and I'm training myself to look people in the eye and I don't have a mentor. I'm just training myself just based off of things I learned in life. You know, I have to train myself to look at people. I have to train my voice to get stronger. I have to work. I have to walk through all this fear. I have to retrain my anxiety. I have to retrain all these things. And I just, there was something inside of me that just, I had to share this. I had to share this with other people. And so I just, anybody and anybody who would allow me to, you know, share what I knew I would until I made it to this place where I started working with clients and I started to see them change and transform from the techniques that I had learned myself. And I gain, you know, other certificates in uh, NLP and uh, as a Reiki master teacher and my um, uh, health coaching certificate and my bachelor's in, in psychology. And I start to take all the pieces of my life and put it together into 
a results-driven program that helps people overcome their fear and their shame and their guilt and really just stand strong in the truth of who they are because without the story that they've been through, they can't transform and share the beauty that they are with the world and connect to their own wealth consciousness, which to me, money comes along with that, but it's really about owning your worth and learning to love yourself and learning to love your journey and learning to love all of the things that, that had to occur, even though it was painful at the time, so that you could have this defining moment to connect to your passion and your purpose and see that all of that pain really had a purpose and, it, and it's the most powerful thing. And it doesn't mean that we negate it or we don't connect to it or we have to let that pain go. It's just part of who we are and we can take that and we can share that with people because it's incredibly powerful. And I just kept sharing and sharing and sharing and sharing when I learned things and it sunk in and I got it. I, you know, I would create programs and, you know, I, I would give, give talks or I would, you know, just do Facebook lives for whoever, whoever was around and willing to listen to little old Amy Boswinkle. I was willing to share. <laughs> that was the most riveting story I think I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I didn't say one word the whole time. It's 45 minutes. <laughs> Amy, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Incredible. That was like, that has to be a movie one day. You think? It feels good in my heart. It feels good in my heart yeah. when you say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. What a trip and a half, huh? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Dominic. You are not lying when you say that. What a trip. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, I, it's a couple of times while you were talking, I was thinking about that, that Pink Floyd movie, Tear Down the Wall. And at the end, he gets sentenced to tear down the wall. Remember that show? Did you see it? I, you know, I did when I was a teenager. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Amy. Woo. <laughs> I mean, and all the, I mean, all the different things and getting cuffed and oh my gosh. And the DUIs and the, uh, wait, so, okay. So the health food store, that was somewhere local in Northwest Indiana, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, bombs, natural foods. So bombs. That was uh, I forgot her name. Sarah. No. Um. Uh, what, what was her name? Uh, Norma Baum is the Norma. original creator, and then uh, her daughter Robbie. Um, okay. Right. When? Yeah. Yeah. She had the place. It was downtown Highland, right down the on the end there. And unit. There was another one in Cherville or on Forty Fifth. Mm -hmm. I, I worked at the one in Griffith for a short period of time and then was transferred to the one in Munster on 45th. And then there were throughout the years locations in Whiting. Um, there's a location in Maryville still. There's a location in Highland still on 45th. And um, uh, there was a location in, in St. John okay as well and i might be missing but they, they've been they've been various places and there are still two locations one in highland on 45th 
and one in Maryville, uh, just off of Route 30 mm -hmm. by Meyer. Wow. Because I've been in that store, not all those those locations, but I have been in, in there, uh, Munster and, and Highland for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow, small world, huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Crazy. My gosh, Amy, you're intense. <laughs> I know. I have this soft little voice, but once people like talk with me, it's like this there's this fire inside. It's just it's I'm very fiery inside, soft spoken, but fiery. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay, so with with all that, I did, all I said was, so tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's that's what came out <laughs> to all our friends in the audience. That was fabulous. So so now, so at the bottom of the screen here, I don't know that you can read it, it says a passion for helping people create wealth consciousness. So tell us about that. What is the structure of the, I mean, do you have like an organization? Is it a small business? Is it a, what is it? Consulting? Okay. I have, I'm a small business owner. Uh, I'm, I'm a business coach. Uh, my business is called Connections Restored. And really what I do is I help people uncover what I call their why beneath their why. So a lot of times people will come to me and they want something, but there's a, there's a reason why they aren't going out and creating what it is that they want. So I help them uncover what's underneath what I call their self-limiting belief. And we pull that to the surface and do some mindset work around that and start to open up the lens and see through uh, a, a, a different perspective. And then once we're able to do that, we're able to connect to what I call the wealth consciousness, right? Is confidence, right? Because confidence feels completely different than fear, mm -hmm. <clears throat> right? We connect to worth, right? Owning our story instead of living in shame around what our story is, we start to connect to, you know what? There's only one you on this entire planet and you have a gift. You have, you have been given this passion and this purpose and, you know, you have your particular story for a reason and people who are connected to you need to hear that story so that they can come closer right and so we work through fear in the for a lot of times in the beginning and then as we start to feel more confident and we break through all of the lower vibrational feelings like fear and 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 anxiety and things of that nature <laughs> then we work on the strategic <laughs> pieces like um, you know, who is your ideal client and, and what approach feels best to marketing and, and strategies and, you know, connecting to your people, how will they hear you? What are, what are the best platforms for you and, and creating strategies and, and marketing approaches based on what feels good to that person? Because what I found in my own journey is um, a one size fits all approach, like for marketing didn't really work for me. But once I was able to make that malleable and, and stretch it into a space that felt good inside of my heart, then things just kind of exploded. And once I understood that piece, I was able to help people connect to their heart centered way of being able to go out and, and, and find their people as well. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. So where do you find your clients? I mean, I see you online all the time. Your story's up there. You're walking through there. You're on the beach. You're over here. And you know, all the stuff. And so what, what, how do you, how do you find your, your clients? They just connect with you and then, you know, direct message. And then the magic starts to happen from there. So I found clients through giving public talks, whether it was through Facebook like this, you know, and just inviting them into my world. I have my own, you know, private Facebook group where I do teachings and I say, hey, you know what, if you want to learn more about me or more about what my life is like, you can come and join me here. Um, I've, I've gotten clients from um, being connected to other people in other groups, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we're doing like uh, challenges or something like that. And I, the, a challenge sounds really great to me. And I just, I just show up. I am continually pushing myself through my comfort zone, right? So if the mentor or the teacher of the challenge is like, Hey, you know what? Post your results, post this, post that. I, even though it goes against what I want to do and maybe nobody else is doing that in the group, I push through my comfort zone and I show up. And when people see you show up, right? They, they're like, oh, wow, look at that. Or they, they read your comments or, you know, and they're like, and as they're reading your comments or this or that, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't see it that way. Or I didn't think mm -hmm. about it that way. Or you have a really interesting perspective on that. And, you know, start to create like chats and, and get to know people and, you know, just invite them and continually as I get to know people, inviting them into more, if it feels good to them, just saying, hey, you know what? If this feels good to you and you'd like to learn a little bit more, you can connect with me here. And I just allow people that that space and not make it so um, cold messagey and, you know, like we don't know one another. And here I am like we don't know each other, but this is what I have going on. Right. It's more like a, yeah. like let's get to know one another and, and see if you like me. Yeah. Very organic. Yes. And that's, I think that is the, the same methodology that I use, you know, because I don't, I don't want to, you know, it's like, one thing that I don't like is when people try to put their stuff on me, like, you know, they have a certain belief system and it's like, well, you should believe this. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's all about self-discovery. So, well, that's great. I mean, really. And I just want to say, you know, first of all, welcome to the network because that's, you're you're totally what you're doing is totally in alignment with what I have created the self achievement network to be about giving people that that opportunity to you know to be vulnerable to open up to share where they're at and to to, to support other people from their experiential understanding not from the I mean you got to have both at the same time you know you have had a journey you know that has uh, that's extraordinary. And the, the, to me, the cool thing is that you have taken all that and have completely did a plot twist and, you know, regained, you know, your life. And like I was telling you with my story, I mean, all the things that happened in my past, it was because of choices. Very simple. And the choices that I was making during those tough times of my life were out of really uh, an un an ununderstanding, a not understanding of what the possibility on the other side could be, which was my preference, you know? So, you know, 
Anyway, wow, that's great. Amy, I mean, the gifts I see in you are your strength, your power, your courage, your depth of understanding, your willingness to share and open your heart. And uh, wow, thank you for sharing that. That's just incredible. But can you can you cook? <laughs> cooking cooking is actually one of my passions. Yes, I I absolutely love to to cook because it it calms it calms me down. And I've been a vegetarian I think twenty seven years. Wow. Um, so so yeah, cooking is is a huge part of my daily life. So yes, mm -hmm. I can. Yeah, good. <laughs> you have, you have a, a favorite go to. Uh, vegan meal? Honestly, it, like really simple. I really love to saute any kind of vegetable and vegetable broth. Um, it has a little less sodium and it, it is really good on um, the cardiovascular system. And then I, uh, I make brown rice. I put that all together and then I use just a little bit of liquid aminos on top of it for amino acids. So yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's fan. I love it. Like I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. And I know people, a lot of people are like, don't you like variety? And I'm like, eh, here, here, yeah. you know, like, yes, but like I could, there's really a lot of things I just could eat the same every day and not, yeah. not get sick of it. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. And I've got a friend that's, uh, that's vegan and she wasn't for a long time. And she, she has a, a, a group on, on Facebook and I, I should, I should send you the link. She's great. She's really passionate about it too. She's like, no oils, no nothing. She's been trying to convert me for a long time. And I'm like, I'm like 95% there, except there's just certain things I'm just like, okay, I'm not going there. But that's a choice. <laughs> exactly. And I love how you keep bringing that into the conversation because it it, it is so profound once we gain awareness of choices. Um, so thank you for bringing that into our conversation um, of a few different times now, because it, it, it's it's just such a profound thing to gain awareness that everything we do in our life is a choice. Mm -hmm. It is. It's true. I mean, that's really what it gets down to, no matter if it's, if it's drugs or sex or choosing what you're going to have to eat or, I mean, it's just like everything is all choices all day long. 24 seven, what time should I go to bed? What time should I wake up? You know, all this, I mean, it's just, it's all about choices. You want a different life, choose a different path. Oh, but I can't because I have uh, a craving. Well, choose a different craving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not, I know that, that sounds simplistic. And there's the new normal, I mean, all that stuff. And um, yeah, what I, you know, what you're doing is really incredible. Super incredible. Okay, so let's talk about your. This is called person behind the passion. So for those of you who are watching <laughs> on the screen, person behind the person behind the passion, right? So what about music? I mean, do you have a genre that you listen to, or is there like a song that you, you know, put on and you're like, you know, favorite? <laughs> Don't tell me Britney Spears. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, it's really just recently that I've been um, connecting to music, and I'm not going to tell you that I've never listened to music in my entire life, because when I was in college, I hung out with musicians, so I would say, like, um, uh, original pieces, 
um, really speak to me. But there's this really long period in my life where it there was a lot of silence. Um, so I'm just recently kind of connecting to music and allowing that energy to just kind of come come in me. And this is probably going to sound like the most asinine thing ever, but it's the truth is like, you know, when I'm walking or working out, I will literally just turn on YouTube and allow YouTube to like bring up whatever it wants to bring up. And I'll just, I'll just press the song and I'll play it. And like, if I like it, I'll listen to it a million times. And if I don't like it, I'll just go to the next song. Yeah. There's so much music out there these days. I'm surprised though. I use uh, Apple music and um <clears throat> i mean the things are always something's always coming up that's like i've never seen before ever and then yeah i do the same thing with my workouts i'll just play it and you know it's most of the time it's pretty good stuff yeah it's like my phone knows me <laughs> yeah exactly well thank you artificial intelligence <laughs> right <laughs> so are you one of those like uh, grass Eat, eat, drinking people, I mean, or dandelion cultivating. You go out in the, in the lawn and you look for dandelions, you crawl on there, you know, like, or you pick them for salads or what do you do? Um, I wouldn't say it's like that. Like, I really just like to be surrounded in nature. So it's more like uh, walking in the forest or walking in really beautiful places and just really connecting to the vibration of what I see, hear, feel, smell, um, taste, just kind of allow all of that energy to come in me. And what really speaks to me the most are, is on, honestly, I, I become very clear with this choice is larger bodies of water. There's some kind of energy that just kind of calms me and soothes my soul. Um, am I into organic and, and, and things of that nature? Yes. Have I had gardens in the past? Yes. I'm not really at that space in my life um, where that's what I want to do all the time. So right now, my choice is to go out and support people. Um, that That is their passion. So, you know, I, I love supporting other local entrepreneurs, small farmers at the farmers markets and, and things of that nature when um, when when those things are available to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The farmers markets are going to start cropping up if they haven't already. Yes. Summertime mm -hmm. is like, I mean, it's right. We're here, right? Right at the cusp. Yes. <laughs> if, you had a, 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 if I could, if I sent you a, a ticket, one a two way ticket, round trip ticket to any place in the world, where would you go? Two weeks. Oh man, a round trip ticket to anywhere in the world. I'd go to Bali. Yeah, really. Yeah, yes. Because I, I've heard it's this really amazing place. Um, it, there's just so much beauty there. Uh, I like warm weather. I hear there's warmth there. Um, it being able, like, to me, it's not that I can't ride my bike here, but um. I would love to be able to ride my bike everywhere, like mm -hmm. go to the grocery store, go to all these places and, you know, do all these things. And, and, and it's not that I can't here. It's just, there's a lot of people here uh, where I live in Northwest Indiana. So um, sometimes the choice is not to go there on my bike. So I would just like to experience like life in a more simplistic way. It's more 
catered to my inner being. Mm -hmm. Interesting, because I've been to places like that. I've not been to Bali. Um, there's a little island in uh, in the uh, Gulf of Thailand, Thailand. Gulf of Thailand, yeah. It's called Koh Samui. Oh, and it's like this. I have friends that, that live there. And they, the, the culture is just like that. You get on a bicycle. I mean, there's there's the little scooters that go around the island and some, and cars, not that many, but it's mostly people on bikes and scooters. And you just, you know, you go from this little store to that little store and then you go home and you cook a little while and then, you know, you hang out and go to the beach. And, you know, and, you know the people are just, they grow their own food, a lot of them. Um, but it's yeah, it's sweet, and I've been to places like that in Mexico and in Costa Rica, and that is a great little life, isn't it? To me, absolutely. I know it's not everyone's choice, but it it would be to me, yes. Yeah, just set your set your date, and you know, make it happen. You can do that for sure. Yeah. Okay, um, let me ask you my my favorite question, and this is like one of those expansive questions. If you know, so I know, you know, we've been on here for, for a little over an hour and I don't know how many people are going to watch this, but let's just pretend, okay, okay. that every single person on the planet is going to watch this <laughs> okay, all at the same time. So what message, if you have every person on the planet, their undivided attention, everybody's listening to you, right? What would you say to humanity? Oh, gosh, don't ever let anything in your past that you see as a failure is not good enough define you. It's it is part of your experience on this planet to go through those things. And it actually is the most powerful gift that you have. If you can just look at it through the lens of what was that there? What was that there for to teach me? Amazing. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Forgive yourself for all the different things that you've done, you know, like that, all that. Man, you have been through. Whew, Amy, you're, like I said, you're intense. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you see yourself in a couple of years? My second to the last question. Um, I would love to live in Florida right on the beach and i would love to host more in-person retreats um, for women and heart-centered men and um just really connect and share ideas experience strength and hope and really get to the core of you know limiting beliefs as to why we can't get to where it is we want to go and do and help them with all of the subconscious rewiring work um, that is holding them back uh, so that they can just continue to move forward and walk towards that. Because if, if I've learned anything, I mean, there's so many things I've learned on this journey. It's just been so sh such a, sh a short period of time, but I've lived so many lifetimes in these past four years since I've woken up. And that is, we're limitless. Like every, everything and anything is possible. And, and it's just a matter of walking through fear. And I, and I get that. 
right? And so I just want to continue to show up and, and share the techniques and tools that I've learned to continue to rewire that, you know, the cross neural pathways and help people um, really dig into the occipital part of their brain and, and connect to the subconscious beliefs that are holding them back and, and really propel them forward. Mm -hmm. That's great. And you're invited anytime that you want it to come into the network. You can share any of your videos. We've got several different hubs. Um, we can talk about that after we get done here that you can post in and I will be more than happy to support what you're doing and, you know, sharing it out to the different, you know, and we were an international group. And so, you know, there's always, you know, somebody out there that's going to connect to what you're doing. And so, you know, we're here to support. So Amy, you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Dominic. It's uh, been an honor and a privilege to spend a small amount of time with you and, and, and your community. And I'm very appreciative. Well, thank you. Absolutely. So bravo to you and to all of you who are out there, you're watching or maybe watching later. Thank you for joining us here for, you know, a little cool thing that we do here, giving people this opportunity, person behind the passion. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. I've got, uh, yeah, I've got one coming up next week. But uh, anyway, thank you, Amy. We'll see you soon. Take care. Be well. Come back very soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye for now.